So let's move on now. We'll talk about Cornell West's. So he originally announced that he was going to run with the People's Party, and now he's changed his mind, and he's running with the Green Party. And uh, West said he decided to run as a candidate for the Green Party to try to build a broad, united front and a coalition strategy. He said in his campaign launch video that his candidacy would be centered around health care, living wages, housing, reproductive rights, and de-escalating the destruction of the planet and democracy. He said he is running as a third-party candidate because neither party wants to tell the truth about Wall Street, Ukraine, the Pentagon, and big tech. That was a big one that he said Ukraine in there. That was a really big one. West faces long odds with his third-party run, but polls showing that many do not want President Biden or former President Trump to be their party's nominees could open up a greater support for the alternative candidate. So now they're already coming at him. Yeah. Oh, the the very liberal left-wing nation uh-huh. magazine. <laughs> and then, of course, MSNBC says Cornell West left his presidential bid has right-wing dis. So they're already calling him. So I've I've laid this out since 2016. It's been obvious to me, and I've been telling our audience that as soon as you get to the left of the Democratic Party or left of a Democrat, they don't engage you in your debate with ideas they first slander you and smear yeah, you and right. that's what and then they call you a right winger and that's exactly what yeah. they did right wing dna right right wing <laughs> dna so it's like when um when joe rogan endorsed bernie sanders they call him a right winger <laughs> and uh, so they're doing the same thing to cornell west and let me just show you this this is interesting only 29 percent of americans identify as democrats still fewer 27 percent identify as republicans 42 percent identify as independent it's the largest block of voters and so saying cornell west was running as an independent third-party candidate cannot win that's acknowledging that the system is rigged we agree and that's going to change so that's what he says so that is kind of an uh agreement so let me just get back there was when he first announced he was going to run People's Party, now he's running Green. People said you had something to do with that. Did did you did you and what did you say that changed his mind? Yeah, I did. I, I encouraged him to leave the People's Party, and I set up a meeting with a Jill Stein and a Jamo Baraka. Uh, uh, a Zoom, we were all on a Zoom call, uh, and let them run the pitch, but I supported it. And what what why why what? What was the idea behind it? Well, partly, I, I, having worked with Ralph Nader, I'm, and I wasn't involved in it, but I was, you know, I wrote, I was a speechwriter for Nader. I saw all of the impediments that were put up in terms of ballot access. Um, it's expensive. Every single state is different. And the People's Party virtually doesn't have any ballot access. It just wasn't going to, it wasn't going to fly. The Green Party doesn't have a lot. And I'm acutely aware that the Green Party is not a well-oiled machine, to put it mildly. Uh, but at least it has experience, which Cornell doesn't have, of running campaigns. It does have some organization. It needs to be revitalized, especially by younger uh, workers and 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 uh, volunteers. Uh, but it is, I think it's 20 states that are already on. Um, and it just, it has an infrastructure. We, you weren't going to be able to build a viable infrastructure, and I and I know how hard it is to build it, having watched Ralph do it. Uh, and I think it's important that uh, 
Cornell be on as many ballots in as many states as possible. I agree 100%. I think uh, the real test will come after RFK Jr. drops out. Yeah, uh, of course. And that's, that's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about RFK Jr., and I agree with many of his positions, although not on Roger Waters. I thought that was really sleazy. Not on Israel-Palestine, which looks like he was just reading from a Democratic Party playbook. And I, I care a lot about that issue because I was the Middle East bureau chief for the New York Times. I spent seven years there and a lot of time in Gaza. And that issue alone will drive me away. Nobody stands up for the Palestinians. So, you know, if, if I'm all alone, I'll be all alone. And people forget that about Nader, by the way. You know, Nader's parents were Lebanese, fluent in Arabic, Ralph. He's Christian, but he... He, he, his Arabic is, I, I speak Arabic, it's pretty deteriorated, but I was in a restaurant with Ralph, I go, he's completely bilingual. Um, uh, so, yeah, but I, I, you know, the thing about Cornell is that he has stood for these issues for decades. Um, and, and I would give Bernie credit in terms of standing with labor. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I was as critical of Bernie as you were, um, but I don't think Bernie was a fake. What I worry about uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is that a lot of these positions, I mean, he's been good on the environment, but I don't see that there's a long track record there of fighting these kinds of fights. With Cornell, he ain't going to, you know, he, he didn't just come to some political opinion because it was convenient or he thought it would sell. I mean, he's, he, he's openly supporting reparations. I mean, I think white white Americans, that's, about 19% or something of white Americans support. He ain't going to back down on that kind of stuff. So he, and, but I think, you know, even if you might disagree with Cornell on many issues, and I actually don't have many, there's not much daylight between me and Cornell, he just has uh, impeccable integrity. And he has fought. I mean, he, he fought Obama. And people forget that during the Obama years, he was target number one. If you listen to black media, they called him a race trader and they locked him out and he was they were rough obama had a thing for cornell uh and he he stood his ground and he will stand his ground now i mean we're very close friends and have been for many many years i know him inside and out and love him to death um and i can tell you he's real i mean i teach in a prison as you know and i brought cornell in and all my students said oh dr west dr west well, well you know the guy's got a full course load at princeton he's flying all over the countries he came into that prison. There weren't any cameras. There wasn't no publicity. Nobody paid him. Uh, and he taught a philosophy course in there. I mean, he's he's the real thing. Yeah, I uh, I really can't wait for the damn primary to be over now. <laughs> <laughs> so we could just get right to the general and he gets to actually oppose uh, Joe Biden and Joe Biden's unique brand of uh, of woke fascism which uh right. you know which is what we're dealing with we're we're not we're not dealing with a two party system we're dealing with a one party system i yeah. think cornell can really expose that um that's that's i think that's my oh such a heartbreaker that rfk junior is running inside the democratic party uh because they that it's they'll never let him grab power and no. and everybody knows it <laughs> so anyway um well, good luck to Cornell. It's just starting, and you know the Green Party really got wrecked by Howie Hawkins. That guy is just yeah. He, I know. I don't know where Howie went. He's I mean, a real wrecking ball. 
I, that yeah. guy, if that, if that guy's not on the payroll for the CIA, then he's the biggest jump I ever met in my life because he should be being paid by the CIA to say all the stupid shit he said yeah, over I the know. last four years. <laughs> he's kidding, doing it for free. He's doing it for free. <laughs> if he's doing it for free, it's like it's ridiculous. Even Jack Uger takes money from the yeah. Anyway, to say that shit, but um. Anyway, yeah, so hopefully they can kind of uh, ship, get that Green Party <laughs> up in the working or running order. And But they, you know, uh, they get all the ballot access. They were on 44 ballots with Jill Stein. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and so that that's the important thing. So that's yeah, it. Is. That's right. And, and it doesn't matter their past. It matters now. And Cornell, I think, could uh, certainly unite the people in the Green Party. What I hope is that he has a message for the right wing. A populist, right? Like uh, he does, and you know, he's said that he's going to go down to uh, rural and southern white enclaves and take that message to Trump supporters, because the that that is, I mean, you know, the 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 whole pitch, of course, of the Democratic Party is we got to stop fascism. Well, the prime engine of fascism is the neoliberalism of the Democratic Party. I'm not, my, you know, much of my family comes from Maine, rural Maine. Uh, I, I physically see the destruction wrought by deindustrialization. All the mills are closed. They know who sold them out. I'm not defending their politics, but they know who sold them out. And it was Joe Biden and the Clinton, particularly the Clintons. They're not, you know, they may not have, my grandfather never finished high school, but they're not stupid. I mean, they may not have a fancy education, but they, they're pretty aware of, uh, and, 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 the, and, and so, you know, the whole idea that, I mean, we wouldn't be in this mess if the Democratic Party hadn't betrayed the working class, hadn't sold us out. And and they know it. They know it. I, they know it. I know they know it because my family is part of it. Well, it, it goes back to what Chuck Schumer said when they were talking about, hey, you're losing blue collar voters to Donald Trump. And he said it doesn't matter. For every blue collar voter we lose in the inner city, we're going to gain two. We're going to gain two and three white collar suburban voters, which means the Democratic Party is now longer representing workers. They're now representing yeah. the college edge. They're the Republican Party. It lock, stock, and barrel, inside and out, and that is exactly what makes Donald Trump uh, attractive to people to yeah. vote for. And we all know that, you know, I, I interviewed a, a guy who was a Waffle House cook from Virginia. His name was Nick Smith. And he was going to vote for Donald Trump. And he and I asked him why. And he said, hey, look, we know Donald Trump's a loudmouth Yankee who should have had his ass kicked a long time ago. But he promises us something when Hillary Clinton uh, is promising nothing. In fact, she's promising to close down our coal mines and do nothing for us. So they're desperate. These people are desperate. Right. Yeah, These people are workers, right. blue collar workers, and they couldn't care less about those people. And so right. that is exactly the message that I hope Cornell West brings. And if he could uh, do like uh, what they did on Staten Island. Um, why am I blanking on uh, what's the the Amazon? Christian Smalls. Christian Smalls, what Christian Smalls did. That's the message you got to bring. There's uh, my enemy is is not a worker. Okay. Yeah. My, that's right. My, and I don't care if he's a Republican or a Libertarian or a Boogaloo boy. Uh, a worker is not my enemy. Uh, we share a common enemy, and that common enemy is an oligarchy, which we, your democracy, that's the whole joke about January 6th. Your democracy was stolen from you decades yeah, and decades ago, right. which is why workers haven't had a raise since 1980. That's right. And the other thing is that this kind of dismissiveness towards, you know, this kind of, uh, political correctness and it it is totally self-defeating 
so Cornell gets all that. He he gets it. And uh, and and I you know in front I've been done many events with him in front of an audience. You know the guy's not bullshitting you. I mean, you know that he's speaking from his heart. Uh, and you're right that it it is about building. It, it, you know, it's the language of class which has been excised, but that's not been excised from Cornell's writings, his scholarship, and his public events. He, for him, this is a class war, and he knows which side he's on, and he doesn't bifurcate the working class uh, in, into antagonistic segments, which is, uh, of course, the playbook that the ruling elites are using. And, and we should be clear, Jimmy, that, you know, we talk about the Democratic Party, but the establishment wing of the Republican Party, the Mitt Romney's, Liz Cheney's, are now honorary members. I mean, Crystal, I mean, these really repugnant figures. It's really one ruling establishment party, and they're all terrified of Trump, who they created, as we should all be terrified of Trump. But they're, they're the engine behind all of that. Uh, and they're dying. They're dying. I mean, there's no question that they're dying. And so unless we confront them with something real, and I'm not saying Cornell's going to win, I'm not that naive, but unless we confront them with something real, uh, like Cornell, uh, then it's over. And this is our last hope. And, uh, you know, even if we go down, we should go down standing up for something rather than nothing. I mean, you, you, know, the, you know, by embracing Biden and the Democrats, you're embracing a horrific track record. I mean, the Democrats are the party of war, the uh, wholesale surveillance, austerity, NAFTA, the deregulation of the FCC, the destruction of welfare, Obama's assault on civil liberties were worse than those carried out by Bush. I mean, you know, I mean, the public relations machine will make you feel kind of, they try to make you feel kind of warm and fuzzy to Uncle Joe or, you know, think of Barack Obama's but it, but it's all a lie. I mean, when you look at, at what they've done, I mean, these people are craven tools to the, of the war industry and of Wall Street, whether it's Obama or Biden or Clinton or anyone else in the Democratic Party. So the idea I always thought, and I've been saying this since 2016 for a third party person, is that you don't think you're going to win the election outright. But if you can start polling at five or 10 yeah. percent, especially if you which I think that's so doable, especially yeah. in this area, especially when 42 percent of the country considers themselves independent. <laughs> and then the next bigger block of voting block is people who don't vote. So right. uh, I think that's a real. And so the idea that I always was proposing was that the third party candidate would poll and then they could use that to be a kingmaker. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat, which ends the wars and invest that money back here. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat who gives us Medicare for all. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat who gives us a, a minimum wage. So these, that this, or, or stop censoring. Uh, so that's what I think Cornell has a, a chance to do. Yes. Do you think he has that's, that chance? Yes, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I work with Nader and Ralph, said, you know, we got to pull 5, 10, 15 million people, so we put pressure. It's about putting pressure. And historically, that's always been the case. The progressive party put pressure to break up monopolies. Teddy Roosevelt did it. The same with uh, FDR. Uh, it was that we write out the Communist Party with these sit-down strikes, militant labor actions. Roosevelt and his correspondents said he feared revolution. It It is a game of fear. It's why Nader says... Our last liberal president was Richard Nixon. Because, <laughs> That's true. Because, because <laughs> you've got 
OSHA, the Mine and Safety Act, you know, because we still had movements. Yeah. And that, that it, politics is a, about fear. It's about making them afraid. Uh, you know, that Karl Popper has that great line. You know, the question is not how do we get good people to rule? Most people attracted to politics are mediocrities and, you know, amoral scumbags. It's how we stop people in power from doing as much damage as possible. It's a different way of looking at the equation. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that's it. And I think that, you know, we, time's running out just from, you know, an ecological position alone. We don't have any time left. So surrendering, allowing, and what they want to do is inculcate fear into us. Because in the American political system, you don't vote for what you're for, you vote what you're against, what you're afraid of. And that's just a death spiral. So we who care about these issues, social justice, freedom, destroying the uh, oligarchy, you know, we have to begin to stand up. Uh, and, uh, and that's why Cornell's running. And I expect to there be some very strange bedfellows with Cornell West uh, running. Uh, people would not expect if he's if he, which I think he is serious. So I think you will see that happen. It's the only way you can get you can oppose the oligarchy is you have to do it along class lines, just like Christian Smalls yeah. did. You have to reach out to that's people right. who uh, normal Democratic voters would be repulsed by, but that's because though they don't know how to organize and they don't know what organizing along class lines actually means. So, well, good luck to, uh, well, thanks for having that conversation with him. And are you going to work for him? Are you going to work for his campaign? I'm trying not to, but it's not working out too well. He's <laughs> in. <laughs> okay, he's in. All right, well, well good luck. Uh, hey, can you tell that story one more time uh, that you've told on this show about Henry Kissinger, the story he told? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the, I think it's 71 or something. One of the biggest anti-war demonstrations, they've surrounded the White House and, and to protect themselves, Nixon's put empty city buses in a ring around the White House. And he's looking out the window uh, and he's going to he's saying, Henry, they're going to break through the barricades and get us. And that's, of course, exactly where we want power to be. It is our job to put power in that position. That is our sole job as a citizenry. And that requires organization and mass movements because individually they can walk all over us. Once we organize, we have the numbers. Um, uh, you know, we have the capacity. The railroad freight workers had it. Look what Biden did to them. Uh, we have the capacity to cripple the oligarchy. I've, I lived in France and I loved it. I mean, the farmers got angry. They drove all their tractors into the center of Paris and shut the city down. That's what we've got to do. Um, and, and that traditionally, this is why Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States is an important book because he illustrates how every opening in American democracy, every advance in American democracy was made through movements, the labor movement, the abolitionists, the suffragists, the civil rights movement. That's what opened up the spaces. That's what, what created a more equitable system. Of course, they're going to paint a history that it was a gift from wealthy white male oligarchs, you know, but that's not the way it works. And we have to regain that understanding of class warfare, and we have to be willing to hold fast and firm to our own principles, and we will be attacked. Cornell's already being attacked, but that is the only way out. If we don't do that, we're finished. Well, the, the, the port workers on the West Coast have been shutting down the ports. In the yeah, good for them. 
Wildcat strikes, and uh, the the port the ports made five hundred billion dollars over in profits over <laughs> since COVID started, and uh, they offered them a, do- a dollar something raise. Right. No kidding, five hundred. That's more money than freaking big pharma made during cuts. <laughs> unbelievable. I can't even all that money, and they and so um, that's neoliberalism. That's where we are. Yeah. So hopefully those those workers are waking up. They're shutting things down. Uh, Starbucks is finally. Uh, being organized and unionized and Christian Smalls and Amazon. So, you know, we'll, and now we got Cornell West running. So hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll get people in the streets. That's what we really need. That's what we need. Chris Hedges, thank you so much for being All our right, guest. Jimmy. Everybody check out his Thanks. Substack and his show on Real News. Okay. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey, come see us live on tour. Be in Bakersfield, Baltimore, San Francisco, Huntington Beach, Rosemont, and Chicago, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, New York City, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Stamford, Connecticut, and more. Hey, Go uh, to jimmydoor.com for a link for tickets.